Hi, this is Terry. We are on a two-week break between seasons, and we ask that during these two weeks you listen to a rebroadcast from our archives. We will be back August 21st with a new season and new episodes. Thanks for listening. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Giving Voice to Depression. I'm Bridget. And I'm Terry. More than 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, but you do not have to have it yourself to be affected by it. Its prevalence pretty much guarantees that someone you care about battles its darkness. This podcast tries to shine some light into that darkness. We're not experts and we're not therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and who are committed to encouraging healthy, healing conversations about mental illness. Season three of this podcast is sponsored by the Charles E. Kubley Foundation, which supports efforts to reduce the stigma of mental illness. We are solely responsible for podcast content. Today, we're going to speak with Justin Mercer, and he's talking about depression in one's late teens and early 20s and how common it is. In fact, there's a word a term called college depression. And we'll link a Mayo Clinic's article on college depression with this episode. But for now, let's just point out that it's not a clinical diagnosis, but it's an acknowledgement that students college age face challenges and pressures and anxieties that can cause them to feel very overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember me on the floor in my dorm room, Terry? <laughs> do, Bridget, I do. You really got me through a tough one then. The Mayo Clinic site says that students will be living on their own for the first time, and they may be feeling homesick, adjusting to new schedules and workloads, adjusting to life with roommates, and figuring out I don't know, how to belong in a new world. Yes. And dealing with these changes during the transition from adolescence to adulthood can trigger unmasked depression Absolutely. in many young adults. It certainly did me. I remember, and I'm sorry. Well, Justin gives his voice to depression in this episode, and he is clear that his depression started earlier, but it definitely peaked in college. Well, now knowing that I am depressed, I trace it back to around about when I was 12 is when I really started feeling this way. And I remember people always telling me, you're always so negative. Why are you so negative? I'm like, I'm not. That's just how the world is. That's my outlook. Now, looking back, all those people are like, wow, I wish I could have seen the signs. I'm like, wish I could have too. Of course, now Justin does know and recognize the signs. You get a lot of up-close and personal time with depression when it shows up. And Justin's moved into the dorms with him. Tell me how depression uh, has impacted your life. Oh, uh, well, ultimately it almost took away my life. Uh, that would be the final depression at its grandest, but that's not the best word to use. It robbed me of friendships. It robbed me of relationships. It robbed me of time. There are just a few years in my life that I feel I, I lost because I was laying in bed, unable to do stuff. My freshman year in college was my worst time of my life. And for most people, you see in the movies, you see in Facebook, Instagram, everyone's having the best party of their life. I'm sitting there Friday night, laying in bed, like, yes, I can go to sleep now. 
A number of factors combined into an imperfect storm for Justin, including living by himself in a single room in his dorm. Then my isolation became pretty much complete. Obviously, I would see people going to class, but on weekends, I could go the whole weekend without seeing a person, without leaving those walls, really. Those dorms, they were old dorms. They were designed by the same people that designed the state prisons and the uh, mental hospitals. So cold brick with fluorescent lights, no color, and very isolating. So that was one of the nails in the coffin and definitely played into the fact that I was both emotionally and physically isolated. Because at least in high school, I might have been feeling emotionally isolated, but I had friends. I had family nearby. Mm -hmm. I could always go home. But when you're two hours away, you can't really go home every night. Right. And depression hardly increases your chances of making healthy human connections. When you're struggling emotionally, it's hard to make friends. Yes. No one wants to invest in someone who's sitting sulkingly at a table. And you don't really feel the drive and ability to go talk to someone who even, no matter how friendly they they appear, I I did my best to avoid people. And all of that built into finally hitting rock bottom, which was putting the gun to my head. But you did not recognize this darkness as depression? No, I did not. I didn't even think of being able to think of myself as depressed. That's a mental illness. That's for crazy people. I'm not insane. I'm, I'm not crazy. And I'm not, but I did have a mental illness that I never had the education to look for the signs of depression. So you thought it was more a failing on your part, just that you weren't a happy person? Yeah. I thought that I was just a broken person. I I was a failure at life. I was failing in classes. And it all made sense. I mean, I sucked, so life must suck. And that made sense to me. It wasn't healthy, obviously, but it made sense. So I eventually had a breakdown. You know, as I listened to Justin give voice to those thoughts, I was struck by what an unoriginal, lazy author depression is. It pretty much tells us all the same grim story. And then I thought, yes, that's exactly why we need to talk about it. And that's what happened after Justin's horrible night in his family home with a gun. Sitting at the breakfast table the next morning, Justin finally shared what was going on in his mind. And my mom came in and saw me sitting there. I was quiet, but that was normal. But she could tell I was pretty messed up about something. She was like, are you okay? And I couldn't hide it anymore. And I went, no, I'm not. And then just kind of like a waterfall, I kind of, the dam broke and I let her all out and terrified my poor mother. Uh, obviously, no one wants to hear that the night before their son was 2.5 pounds of pressure on a trigger away from not being there. Then my dad came in, sees me at the table crying, which that's a big hint because I didn't cry. Mm-hmm. My mom, bless her, cries at a lot of things. But sees her crying too. Thankfully, my parents are some of the best kind-hearted people. They went out of their way to make sure I would get better, that my life would not be the darkness I had known. And I, I can't thank them enough for that response. What did your parents do? In what way 
did things change and, and what, what steps were taken to help you become healthy? So um, they got me into my doctor who recommended me to a psychiatrist. Um, I got put on some med or another. That was a while ago, and I've been through a few since then. Um, and it worked for a while. I started to feel better, and that was fantastic. Uh, obviously, I had problems with that med. They changed dosage a few times because five milligrams of whatever it was was not enough. But 20 was way too much. Then they switched to some other ones, and that one made me an absolute zombie. I didn't feel depressed, but I also didn't feel anything else. Yeah. Finally, they got me on this one I'm on now, which I think is a good one. Um, it takes a It while. does take a while. Is crying at the kitchen table what you referred to as your breakdown? Yes. And why do you not use the word breakthrough? I guess because I've been just conditioned over the past almost decade to just still be negative. And I catch myself doing that a lot. And I get mad at myself. I'm like, come on, you're over that. Don't do that. We talked with Justin on his 23rd birthday. And he is, to use his words, like a different person than his younger, despondent self. And he wants anyone struggling to really take that in. He was in the bottom of that dark hole. And he's not anymore. Going from being 18, not wanting to see 19, to being 23, like... What can I do? What is my future going to look like? Mm-hmm. I hit the rock bottom. I know. I, I can't speak to what you're going through personally, but I get it. You can get better. I know it seems bad. I know it seems impossible. I've had those thoughts, too. I've sat there and gone, this is stupid. This is what life is like. Life is pain. I am not getting better. If I would, I'd wake up tomorrow and be happy. That's not how it works. It's a long process, and it's a fight. It is, but it's worth it. And you're worth it. Yes. Your life is valuable. You need to value it to yourself, and it's valuable to others that you didn't even think cared. Justin got a taste of how many people cared when he wrote about his experience and started getting calls from friends he'd lost touch with years earlier. They were going, dude, I didn't know you went through all that stuff. But I went through something like it, too. Thank you for saying something. And that touched me. The amount of people that cared was incredible. I did write a suicide note, and it mentioned four people. So many more than four cared. And the fact that I mattered to these people. I didn't matter to myself, but for some reason, these people all saw something in me that was okay. And that was incredible to realize that. So you're right. It does happen. I do sometimes feel depressed. I've had some huge problems even in those years, Mm -hmm. but I am much better equipped now to persevere. I know that I'm experiencing depression. I'm not living depression. I'm experiencing it. There's after it because I've seen it. I've been there. There's more to life than that. I know that in this moment, yeah, I might be feeling pretty depressed, but it's going to pass. Boy, that is the hard part, isn't it? Remembering when you're in it that it is going to pass. And that's why we often suggest to write things down when you're out of it so that you can remind yourself in your own writing and in your own words, you know, trust me being you, you know, I've been there, you've been here, it does pass, hang on. If we can get that little step back to go like, oh man, you know, it's not me, it's that, it's depression. I loved his line, I'm much better equipped now to persevere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And Justin, personally, just want to thank you for taking time on your birthday to share your story with us, and I know it will touch and help people. So in addition to the Mayo Clinic link, we will also link to Justin's book, which is called Hell Has No Stars, A Teen's Struggle with Depression, which is on Amazon, and I think it's like six bucks. And next week, we're going to speak with Brent Williams from New Zealand when he shares with us his journey into, through, and out of his darkness. Yay, out of. Yeah. He actually believes that he's... uh, acquired a long enough skill set and toolbox, if you will, to uh, keep him from ever going back into it. And I sure hope that's true. I sure hope so too, and that we can learn from him. Mm -hmm. We will. Excellent. Talk to you next week, Bridge. Bye, Terry. We hope that our podcasts bring about a little more understanding or help people articulate their experience of depression a little more. And thanks to each and every person who's digging deep and finding the words and finding the courage to give voice to depression. And you can find our podcasts on our website, givingvoicetodepression.com, as well as on iTunes, where we hope you will subscribe, rate, and respectfully comment. And please remember, if you're hurting, speak up. If someone else is hurting, listen up.